welcome. Welcome back to Manifest Her. I'm Nikki Dimitri. That's Brittany Lee. We appreciate you tuning in. Today we have a really good topic. We're going to be talking about divorce, what our experience was like, a whole story, both of us. So if you're someone that's going through a divorce, contemplating any of that, definitely tune in. It's going to be a great episode for you. It's going to be really juicy topic. So we're going to split this into part one and part two. So check out your part one. If you're like, oh, yes, I need to hear the rest, which you will. So exciting. Make sure you subscribe, share all the things. Follow us on social media. I'll put our thing. I think they're all yes. at Manifest Her, but yeah, I'll add them. So Love let's get into it. the divorce stuff. I'm excited. So the my friend that I, not really friend, I know, I know her from high school. Um, she messaged me a while ago and she was like, I just was wondering um, how long you've been divorced, how it's going, being single, like what it's been like having kids going through the divorce, how they took it, all of that. Because obviously she's like getting to the point where she thought maybe she was needing to get divorced. And she was like, but everyone that I've talked to that's been divorced regrets it. And that was really surprising to me because I was like, I don't know anyone who regrets it. And so I was thinking, (laughs) I'm like, I feel like maybe the people that you're surrounding yourself with, like maybe they're not really giving it their all. Like they're giving up before they should be. If you are regretting it afterwards, that means that you guys could have done work and worked that out. So I kind of want to focus on that of like what led us to doing it and like how we feel about like if you're considering divorce and you're like, stuck that's kind of what i want to lead into is like this is our experiences what we went through how our relationship started ended all of that stuff and how we feel about it now and i just want to make that statement that like i told her like if you are feeling like that i don't think that you're ready i like if you don't have a big reason to get out then fight for it because like you said you want to give it your all i gave it my all and it, yes. g- it got to a point where we couldn't do it. So I think we should start with like how we met them, like how the relationship was in the beginning, what made us like end up getting married and then how it like fell apart. Mm-hmm. You want to go first? I'm Cause you know, you lived through mine. So I think that we'll probably have a lot more to say about mine because you have your input as well. And I don't know mm-hmm. about yours. I don't know how you guys met. I don't know any of things. So I'm excited to hear about yours. So start there yeah so we were actually high school sweethearts i was pregnant (gasps) in my senior year yes girl my senior year in high school i got pregnant different baby daddy than the one that i married (laughs) that baby daddy he got arrested he went to jail for like a long time he got arrested for murder so he was in jail a long time (laughs) just putting that out there and i'm in high school i knew he was in jail but i didn't know that was that (laughs) yeah for murder (laughs) And so it's like, all right, um, I was really, you already know, like being on time for stuff has always been a thing for me. That's something I really had to work hard at. So I was already like on the radar for some of my classes between being late and then being pregnant my senior year, I was extra late. And so it was hard, but I was determined to like graduate. And so one of my classes, I was failing horribly. It was a morning class. I usually missed it because I was severely late all the morning sickness. Like it took me extra long to get to school, you know, and it was a typing class and the teacher was so mean and I just did not like her. And she's like, you know what? Hitting me one day. <laughs> she's like, 
you're wasting a seat in my class. <laughs> no, she did not. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because you're never here. You're failing. Like I was failing, failing, you know. You don't seem like you want to do it, all the things. So I'll make you a deal. Because it was a, remember, this is my senior year. And so there's people that need this class. It was a typing class to graduate. It was one of the requirements. And so she's like, there's people like a waiting list on this class that could use this and hit their requirements. And like, that's what she's like, you're kind of wasting it. So she's like, if you want to give up the class, I will drop you and pass you for the year. I will give you a C. I said, what? Say less. What? <laughs> Where I got a sign. <laughs> that is so funny because I, so for work release in high school, you have to take a class that like counts as your grade for all of work release. And I never showed up and I was failing, like mm. just like that. And she never told me that I was taking a seat in her class, but it came down to the <laughs> end and I wasn't going to pass it. If I didn't pass that, I met all of my work release, which was half of my day every day. It was going to fail. So I was not going to graduate. So it Ooh. was two days before graduation. We turned in our final assignment. I'm walking to the teacher's class every, between every period. I probably went there 15 times in one day. Finally, she <laughs> looks at me and she's like, Brittany, what do you need in this class? And I was like, I need a C. And she's like, don't come back. I was like, okay. So she gave me a C. And when I looked at the grades, I realized she had to go back and change a lot of my grades to get me up to a C. I would not have passed. If I would have bugged her, I would not have passed. So that's so funny that the teachers both gave us are like, take your C and leave me alone. Girl, I've never met anyone. That's when you know we were meant to be friends. Like I've literally never met anyone that had like the same story. Yeah, never have I. I literally found out the day before walking that I was going to be able to walk with my class. I didn't Girl. know I was going to graduate. You're like, yes, <laughs> I will take that seat. <laughs> I cannot believe that happened to you. Okay, continue though. Yes, so I took my seat, but she did it earlier in the year, a little bit before like midway. And so I had to fill the spot. And so because it was like not at the beginning, most classes were taken like I didn't need a credit, but I had to put something if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Cause I didn't qualify for like the people that left or whatever. Yeah. So out of the classes that were kind of left and had space at that point in the year, mm -hmm. I chose to do, we had a planetarium in our high school. Oh, that's cool. So I chose the planetarium class. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, I love the stars. I'm into astrology, all that astronomy, the whole thing. And so I went there, it was just this old man, funny, you know, kind of like grumpy, but grumpy, funny kind of guy was the teacher and nothing really happened. It was the planetarium. You only had classes come through so often. So like, it was kicked back. It was just me and this teacher. And then my husband, who his name, we won't say, but he was in there and that's where I met him. He was literally the only other student that was in this class. Really? I can't believe they still did it. That's crazy. I would think a lot of people would want to take that class. That sounds great. That's so interesting. Yes. How cute that you guys parts. were the only two and you ended up married and you were the only two in that class. That's so two cute. different parts of town, different people. And I really liked, like, he was, like, more Richie, richer. Like I said, I was a little city girl on welfare and stuff. And he was, like, always Tommy Hill was his jam. He literally wore, like, Tommy Hill everything. <laughs> and he always had this gold chain. 
and he always wore like a collared shirt. Who dresses like that oh in gosh. high school, right? Sounds just like, like my ex. So weird. <laughs> he'd wear these collared tommy hill and he had his tommy hill glasses and he had a little bowl cut it was cool he rocked it <laughs> and we just got close being in there even though i was pregnant we just were like friends he was funny it was only us the teacher was usually not even there or like in another part of the planetarium and we'd just be like organizing stuff so we'd just be sitting there kicking it and the closer we got We'd start skipping sometimes for planetarium because the teacher didn't care. He's like, let's go get lunch or something down at the market. So we like leave school, come back. And we just got so, so close eventually because I wasn't really kind of showing. I don't think he necessarily knew I was pregnant at first, but started showing that came up to be a thing. And he didn't really change how he treated me, which at that time in high school, all the boys did. Oh. It was like all the boys want you. You get pregnant. Don't nobody even look at you. They don't give you a compliment. They don't hardly say hi. Like you're like off the radar. And that didn't feel so good. And he was one of the ones that still told me I was beautiful and things, even though I was gaining all this weight and stuff. It was just like friendly. It made me feel really good. So that relationship grew. I graduated. Uh, He was at my graduation because he's younger. So he graduated after me, but he came to my graduation. Then I had my son. I graduated either the end of June, I think, or beginning of July. And I had my son July 19th. And he came to that to visit me and stuff at the hospital. Oh, before that, he came to my baby shower when I was still pregnant. Like, and my baby shower was in the hood. Now, I just told you this was a little rich kid. (laughs) And he had to ride his bike. He didn't have a car. He was really rich, but he didn't have a car. He rode his little bike. And so he had to ride his bike across the whole town, all the way from his side of town into the hood, into the projects where my baby shower was. And he was like one of the only ones that really got me a gift. It was a hood rat, so I didn't really get gifts. (laughs) The little bit I did get wasn't really like the greatest thing. So he showed up and got me a pair of Jordans for my son. I'm like, dang, these are expensive, like really impressed by him and stuff like that. And just that he would drive or bike across town. And then when he left the baby shower, he got mugged on the way home because he was in the hood. (laughs) People I knew, people I knew, essentially not friends, friends, but like in my circle, you know, mugged him. And that was sad. And he told me when he got home, this was landlines back then. So he had to get home. Well, he had a cell phone, but I didn't. So he'd have to call me when I got home, I guess. Like I got mugged. And so I felt really bad, but that it just really grew. And we got super, super close before, you know, or we were dating and in love. You know, I remember when he first tried to like come to my house and meet my mom, my mom wasn't having it. My mom actually did not want me to date outside of my race. And he was white. He was Italian specifically. And she was not so she would treat him very poorly and he would endure that he was just like so into me i guess and would come over and she would like really treat him bad like when i say bad it was bad and so that's how the next thing you know i moved out he moved in with me you know and my son and then he like i said was younger 
and still in high school, but the way our relationship was developing and he kind of wanted to be that man and stuff, he's like, I'm going to graduate early. So he dropped out of high school, went to an alternative school and graduated early with flying colors and then joined the military to kind of take care of me and my son, you know, and further our relationship. And his mom was not liking that. Neither of our moms like liked the other. Mm -hmm. And that was really, really tough on the relationship, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that he went through that and everything. And he's like, Hey, his mom wanted him to kind of be a doctor and things like that. And he's like, I'm just going to join the military and go this route. And she was not feeling none of that. And he did. And we got shipped off to New Mexico. Now at his graduation, just to show how tumultuous he did not invite his family. He invited me and my mom, his family found out about it and showed up. They had never met my mom. And like, it didn't like me as it was right during all this, like while we were dating, when he asked me to marry him, he had first given me when he first asked me to marry him, he did it with a Mickey mouse ring. So cute. He went to Disney World. This was before he left for the military. Yeah, he asked me to marry him. And him and his family went to Disney. And he got me a little amethyst, my birthstone, shaped like Mickey Mouse. And we went down by the river one night. And he got on his knee and asked me there with this Mickey Mouse. So I wore that. But then at some point, he upgraded the ring. And it was like this emerald and diamond. Really pretty. Mm -hmm. And he's like, my mom gave me this. It was my grandma's. She said, you know, give it to who you're going to marry kind of thing, how people do. And so I wore that. Now he was like, just one thing. If you ever see them or around them, kind of don't wear it. I didn't really question that. Right. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, whatever, whatever you say. So I didn't really wear it. I didn't know how, what was going on with the ring. Okay. So flash forward. He's graduating from basic training in the Air Force. He had asked my mom to marry us, and they were setting up this secret thing behind my back. Really romantic. I didn't know because my mom was an ordained minister, and she could marry us. He had sent her money for another ring. He was going to plan on replacing this emerald one that he said hide around the family. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And so they were doing all this. We get to, it was San Antonio, Texas. My mom, my sister, and me, and my son, Asante, and his family shows up, and it does not go well. And we all go out to dinner together, and they meet, and we're talking, and I forgot, because like I said, this is all, we didn't even know they was going to be there. I never took this ring off, and like we're all randomly, suddenly at lunch or dinner, whatever it was, and his mom sees the ring, and she goes off. She loses it big fight erupts my mom start going off i start going off it's like this big family feud between the families and next thing you know i stormed off i took the ring i threw it or something stormed off he's behind me you know and then me and my mom consequently got into a bigger fight further back at the hotel because she's like john's a liar what's up with the ring so she started like really going against him and stuff like that oh i said that name (laughs) but She was like, you know, going against him. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know. And so what ended up happening is she did not marry us. She demanded that he pay her for that ring that she had gotten to replace instantly. It was supposed to be like a little payment plan. He didn't really have money. She's like, I want all the money right now. 
and like all this. And so he ended up broke. I ended up flat broke. He literally spent his last money. It was like a hundred dollars or something to put me on a bus. Cause now my mom was no longer driving me to his next base, which was in Wichita Falls, Kansas, Texas. There's two Wichita Falls. And so his next base was in Wichita Falls, Texas. And she's like, nope, I'm out. Bye. You're on your own. So I was just suddenly like left with no money and on my own and my baby. And so my sister was like, let me take your son. You know, you don't know what you're doing. You have literally no plan. It all blew up. You're getting on this bus, no money. And that was a big decision. But I let my sister take Asante, my son, and, you know, gone. And I got on this bus and went on about my way. And we got married in Wichita Falls you know, and it was a really splintered relationship with my mom for a long time, which we ultimately healed, but that was a big divide. And I ended up in a homeless shelter when I first went to Wichita, because this was just his, like, he had to go to training for, I think, like 16 weeks. And so we couldn't get an apartment, not to mention we didn't have money. And so when I arrived in Wichita, I had to go to a homeless shelter and stay there. And it was not fun. Girl, if you've never lived in a homeless shelter, they're scary. I can't imagine. I'm scared to walk it past was a church one. Shelter. It was like a churchy yeah. one, but the people that are there terrified me. Like my yeah. bunkmate under me kept like, <sighs> oh <laughs> like doing gosh. this weird stuff, like all night. And like, every time you see her, I'm like, oh my That's gosh, so what's wrong with this lady? <laughs> I can't imagine that. But wait, I need to know, and why I... did his mom get so upset about the ring? Oh, he wasn't supposed to have it. And she darn sure didn't so it, want it. So it was her. So like, he just took it he's from like, her? like, he stole it. I didn't even know he had that. Mm. So I guess he took it without her knowing and didn't give it to her like he said, which is All why right, That's what like, I figured it was. You know, don't worry. <laughs> he slipped that ring out. And she's like, I didn't even know he took that. It shouldn't be on your finger. So she was <clears throat> mad about the whole thing. But I was there and then I lived in this shelter. I didn't have a car or nothing. I'm in a brand new state, city, never been. And I was just determined to get out of that shelter. And because it was like a church shelter or maybe all shelters, but they have a curfew and he had a curfew because he was in training. So I could only see him for like an hour a day. And I had to catch the bus and figure out the bus system in a brand new city to get out there. And like, so I just determined you know, I'm going to get out of the shelter as soon as possible. And I got up the next day, I promise you, and every day. But my first day I got up, I hit it early because they also kick you out. You can't be there. So I was out. By the time they say you got to go, I was dressed, ready, literally just walked the streets and looked for a job and found a job that day. It was McDonald's, but it was a job and a means for me to get out of that shelter, you know, and so I worked that McDonald's and I worked it and worked it and saved up my little money. And it came time for us to get married. And he's like, all right, we planned a little day. We just got married at the courthouse. You know, nobody. It was just me and him. I had a little white outfit. It wasn't a wedding dress. It was just this white cute outfit. It was like a little mini skirt and this lace shirt that buttoned down. Cute white lace shirt. You know, <laughs> I remember like. The day we we're supposed to get married and stuff, I had to quit my job because McDonald's was tripping. You know, we had like the appointment at the courthouse and had did all the steps and things. And like he couldn't, there was only so much he could do for me or with me when we weren't actually married. So that was kind of prevalent. We had to do it. And so like McDonald's was not trying to let me go to get married. Want me to clean some bathrooms? 
Um, bye. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. No McDonald's? Yeah. <laughs> to get married? I didn't know that you didn't have no, a wedding. Mm-mm. No, we got married at the Justice of Peace. I never had a wedding. And he always promised me a big wedding, which was part of the forgiveness. I'll just tie that in real quick. But when we did our forgiveness things at the end of the year with the workshop, mm-hmm. part of that was a letter to him. And that was part of what I was holding on Things you don't realize, but you're still mm-hmm. low-key holding on because he got remarried and big old wedding and like all the things and Kiki, we got Jordans on, you know, yeah. and like somewhere inside it was bothering me just seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Do you I think, think I now, wanted that wedding. You know? <laughs> that, like, I know that, like, I mean, I don't know if you and Jensen would ever get married, but would you ever want to have like a type of celebration thing and like get a wedding dress and like do that or at this point do you not really care anymore no I don't care anymore the way that I thought what's important to me anymore is experience and creating those memories and I learned through the years especially watching other people so many of my friends and people I've known have had these extravagant weddings and still get divorced yeah okay my friend (laughs) put like fifty thousand dollars on a credit card for her wedding Got divorced, See? still paying off the credit card. Like, See? Like, no. No. Who, like, weddings, I've come to believe, in my opinion, are for other people. Yeah. Not for the bride and groom. It's not for me. And so I would rather, you know, Jensen and I, when we went to Hawaii, we're like, we got married in the grotto. They had this grotto wedding. So we kind of, like, he'll call me his wife and stuff sometimes. Uh... And he's like, we got a little grotto wedding. Like, yeah, and we've talked about it from different aspects, but having to actually go through it neither one of us really believe in it or kind of wanting it when we can just be together mm-hmm. you know he's a child of divorce too and he's like my parents always told me it changed when they said i do because now his mom's like i gotta be this wife that i don't know how to be the wife and the dad gotta be this husband standards and it just changed the dynamics mm-hmm. and i could see that i could see how that makes sense you know yeah so no i wouldn't do that and Things were great. We got married. He was loving. He was amazing. He was supportive for many years. We were married 17 years. But it started to crack. He, first of all, was Air Force. And so he deployed a lot. And that inevitably just causes strain on your marriage and your family. There's nothing anybody can say about it. We spent more time apart than we did together. How can you possibly, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, obviously people do stay married and things like that. but. It's so hard. You grow apart. And that's what I started seeing one year into our marriage, or it might've been less than a year. Yeah. Cause I think we had gotten married in May and this was like February. He had already gotten deployed prior to our one year anniversary for a year. And I had just had our son. Our son was like four months old and he had to go to Korea for a year. And this was back before technology. Like y'all got to think we didn't have smartphones and inter- internet was barely a thing for households and coming up with the dial up, you know, we still had to use uh, calling cards. If you remember calling wow. cards and things, and this was back then. And so it's not like I got to talk to him and video chat yeah. and do all the amazing things. Now it's like, you don't see your husband for a year. I never year. thought about that, that. That's how it used to be in the military. You really couldn't like even landlines. No. It's not the same. You can't text all if the time. If I was not home and he called, Right. And he's in a different time zone. He's on the other side of the world. 
you know how devastated I would be? Because I don't know when he's going to call again. Oh. And I like come home and there's a message from him on the machine. It's like, I don't know when he's going to call. That would be so hard. It was hard. It was hard. And he had figured out, because it's expensive too. So he had figured out how to call me through like the computer, which was a little like glitchy digitally. It wasn't video. It was like a phone call through the computer. And it was free. But again, only certain times could he sit down. He was working all these weird shifts. He's deployed, right? And so it was like a year of being without him. They go six months and then he got to come back for 30 days, which obviously not only went super fast, but it's weird when you haven't been with your partner for six months. Part of that time is spent just reacclimating, mm -hmm. especially when there's kids, because now you got this single mom routine down right? With the kids and all the things and the bedtime feeding, right? And then he's in and it's awkward oh, or he wants to hard. like discipline and the kids don't want to listen to him. Like, who are you? You mm -hmm. know? So it was like things like that that started to cause cracks barely a year into the marriage, you know? Yeah. And so that, and he just only got deployed more and more and more every few months. And as he trained and upranked to become a pilot, it was more and more time away. And once he was a pilot, you would not know when he left before, at least you would have a heads up and have a couple months to prepare. Like, okay, he's leaving, he's leaving. When he was a pilot, it could literally be like, you have dinner plans and a whole date plan and you see him in the morning and you get like a text, not coming home, flying to Afghanistan or some weird ass. Cause he was a fighter pilot. He flew oh F-15s. So any mission, any anything to do with national security, it could be like, mm, love you, babe. We got scrambled. I can't imagine. We got to go. And I don't know how long I'm going to be gone. And I can't talk about it. <laughs> right? So there were just a lot of things like that. I highly believe, you know, in the end, that was a large part of my decision. And I just said military is not conducive. No matter how much they try, it's not conducive to family life and marriages. It's just not. Yeah. I lived it for 17 years and it was hard to keep trying to reacclimate and re-piece together and scramble at the last minute. And then what would happen during a lot of these deployments, Britt, is he was not good with money. So that was my other biggest thing, Oof. you know? Remember, he was rich. He grew up very different from me. He spent, spent... You know what I mean? Like not think about that. So you guys are still having to like share finances and everything when he's across the world and you're trying to be like a single mom, basically making sure the kids are taken care of and he's not thinking about them at all. Well, what the way that it would go down, he would make me power of attorney. So it wasn't, I could save while he was gone. It was when he was home. So what would happen is when he deployed, oh. suddenly I'm getting all these pass through bills that he never told me about because he was overspending while he was there every time Brittany do you know how old that gets after 17 years of over and over oh my phone's cut off mind. what you know lights up and I'm like I don't know how he kept this he must have been hitting the mail and getting all the calls like I literally would be in this la la land thinking everything's cool and he would not say a thing and then I would get blindsided by past due rent rent with the kids like I can't let my electric go out I can't let my phone you know, and things like that. And we would argue and this would happen over and over through the years. And they say finances is one of the biggest reasons for divorce. And it was, mm -hmm. we were literally never aligned. What I could save, I'm already not that good at it myself, but I was better than him. 
And what I could save, I remember one deployment, I saved $10,000. When he got back, it was gone within like a month, two months. Yeah. That's devastating. It is hard and it takes discipline to save $10,000. And then it's just gone. I would, Nikki. And knowing how your attitude used to be, I cannot imagine the way you went off. I would have to leave the state. <laughs> like, get away from Nikki. I'm scared. I had to get a oh separate account gosh. at some point mm-hmm. while we were married because it was that bad. And even then, right, if he's in charge of the bills. And so we just went through different things. We went through finance counseling. We went through marriage counseling. We went through credit debt, like the consolidators. We went through praying about it, like, we tried so many things, not only for the marriage, but for this problem, which was one of our biggest things is we have a family to raise. We cannot be in the red like this, especially when I don't know and I'm getting blindsided over and over, you know, mm-hmm. and we keep talking about it. So I really felt like that and us growing apart were like the main things that was causing a lot of my unhappiness. I was not happy in the marriage. Towards the end, I told him I want to cheat. I was honest. I said, because you're not, you know, and towards the end, he had stopped getting deployed and he was, uh, you know, settling down. He kind of changed his career. He stepped out of flying to be a teacher. And, but at that point, so much damage was done and he was so disconnected. I remember, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but it's devastating as a woman, any woman dressed up for your man. I'm going to plan that special night, music, whatever, hair, makeup lingerie like have it all set candles he came home gave me a little pet kiss just a little not even like a real kiss went to his chair and played video games do you know how much that like (laughs) i have a story almost just like that when i talk about mine i'm going to talk about but yeah i know exactly (gasps) that feeling is like you put in so much effort and then for them to not even care it's you didn't like, even compliment. You didn't even say how I look like nothing. <laughs> yeah. I said, oh, it's ending. I knew. I think that was one of the signs. And then the sex went, you know, we started, yeah. we were barely having sex. We were like holiday sex people. We have sex at the holidays because mm-hmm. there was a reason. And the rest of the year we don't. So it was things like that that were cracking and cracking and cracking. You know, I was really depressed, kept trying to commit suicide and things like that. And I'm like, I got to get to the core of this depression. That's why I was saying earlier, like, it came down to what do I want for myself in the end? You know, and one of my final straw that broke the camel's back, he still, after 17 years at the end, was doing this finance thing. We were living in Texas and he was making a lot of money by then. He was already rolling. So why are we still in the same situation as when you were Aaron basic and we were on welfare, we mm-hmm. shouldn't, you know, we had a lavish life, big house, all the things, nice cars, you know, big ass, nice house. I haven't had a house like that since. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I come home from work. Here go another blind side. I'm home before him. I'm pulling in. I always used to pull through the garage and go in. So I'm getting my garage. There's people at my door. All right. What is this bull Joe? <laughs> I go in, they ring at my doorbell. I come around, answer the front door. It's Texas now, hotter than hot summer. And they're like, 
Oh yeah, we're the people that fixed your AC like a little while back because it was broke when we got there. We haven't been paid. If we don't get payment right now, and it was a lot of money, <laughs> they're like, we're gonna disassemble your AC on the spot. Like two technicians. <laughs> We've been calling your husband, tech email, all the things, all the numbers. He's just not responding and he owes us, it was like over a thousand dollars, right? Cause they had to come fix the AC. And so he owes us all this money, da, 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 da. And yeah, we need it now, today, or you will not have AC. I lost it. That was the last and final time. I just said, I can't, I can't. I was so worn down from all the cracks through the years and the trying, mm -hmm. you know, I said, he's still doing this. And I was so filled with rage, like pure rage. And I called him at work and laid into him five ways to Friday. You know, he didn't even have the money. Then I had to pull it out of my account and things like that. And I'm just like, I couldn't. And that was at the same time. And I'm like, dude, I feel like cheating. We don't have sex. One of my friends that came to visit us there and just looking at like her and her boyfriend came to visit. And I was just like envious and I'm not an envious person, but they were like loving and like all the things like me and Jensen are, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like looking at them like, wow we're missing all of that it is gone gone and i yeah. don't think they're saving it especially when he refuses to grow and change and you know not that you have to change at the core i don't mean change like that but like mm -hmm. the growth of it why are you still yeah. having the same issues no matter how much money you make or how many years we've been together this has literally been an issue since we first got married and we were teenagers mm -hmm. you know and so that was it. I literally left within a few days after that incident, maybe like a week or two, because I just started thinking about it all. And I had a big talk with him and I took off my ring and I left it and I got on an airplane to Salt Lake with no plans. It was heartbreaking, mostly because of my kids, mm -hmm. because I didn't have a plan or any money. Like I didn't want nothing from him. I'm not a gold digger. I don't ask for no man, nothing. Men give me a lot, but I don't, you know, and so I'm like, I'm leaving it all behind. Whatever was mine that was in my account, I took. I took like one or two suitcases, whatever you can fly with. And I'm just like telling my kids, I'm like, I'll be back. I knew I wasn't coming back, but I didn't know the plan. I didn't know what to tell them. I just had to go. I'm like, this is go. I literally cannot do this anymore. I am dying inside and trying to kill myself. This will not last, mm -hmm. you know. Why did you and come so to Salt I Lake? Because we had been living in Salt Lake before Texas. Okay. Yeah. And we separated. We actually had separated before. So I know. And there were no regrets because we had even done that, like a legal separation before. And then we got back mm -hmm. together. Right. So I did all the things during all those years over and over. And we were actually based in Salt Lake first up at Hill, legally separated because he choked my kid one day he had a ptsd break and he went in the house i won't take time telling the whole long story but the end result mm -hmm. is i found him when i ran in the house because i heard him flipping out he was choking my youngest son oh, and he was gosh. 10 at the time i cannot he imagine had him on the kitchen that, floor i would kill him with his knee in his chest and was like it's like he was a pow my son and he was like freaking oh my like doing like it was not he looked crazy 
and I moved out that day when we first had separated. My son wouldn't talk. That's how traumatizing. He literally stopped talking for like two weeks. He wouldn't talk. Nothing. How people say that? Kids really do that. Like he would not say a word. He was so traumatized. I'm surprised he ever got over that. Like he's lucky they have a relationship. Yeah, but dude. that was one of the things, you know, the PTSD and the like I put in work, y'all. It's hard to be a military yeah. wife. And when I just got to the end, when I was done, I was done. I just mm-hmm. said I literally can't. I don't know yeah. the plan, but I gotta go. And so that's why I went back to Salt Lake because I had friends there. Eileen mm-hmm. um and Ebony were my friends. And I went and I lived with Ebony. I just showed up on her doorstep. I don't even think she knew I was coming. Eileen knew. Wow. I didn't realize that you guys, like, I knew you guys were close before, but for her to be the person you went to when you left, that's, like, a super deep friendship. It, like, changes the perspective of, like, everything that's happened up until now and, like, what you guys have been through. So that's crazy. Yep. She helped me get a ticket home, and she helped me plan all the things. She's like, you can stay with Ebony. Like, she really facilitated a lot of that, or I may not have left, Mm. you know? She picked me up at the airport, like all the things. And then like, I just showed up at Ebony's door. I didn't tell her like one day she's just like, <laughs> and she opened me like wide open arms. She let me move into her basement, literally instantly. She had a beautiful house with plenty of room and she really supported me through that. And she introduced wow. me to like the secret and some of the things that started me on my magical path that I'm on today was through her. But that's how I left him and I never, I don't think I've even seen him in person thinking about it since I left. Really? I've literally not seen mm-mm. because like my divorce papers were served. He served me. Now I left and I did the thing, but we were like, what are we going to do financially? You know, and still maybe that was my last part of kind of figuring it out and stuff too. And one day I was like served with divorce papers. I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I guess he's ready. And it How was a nasty long was divorce. it after you left that you got served with divorce papers? Not that long. Couple months. Okay. Yeah, because we were supposed to wait because I didn't I wasn't on my feet and wanted to get on my feet and things like okay. that. And I just remember suddenly I'm like, it took a long time for you to get divorced. So it's not because it took a long day time to get served, it's because it was an ugly divorce and going through it. Okay. Ugly divorce. So what was he that? He lawyered like? up. He lawyered up and was trying to get me like gut he was literally not only not trying to pay me child support back child support because he owed back child support none of the things because when i left him ultimately the kids did come with me they called me and they're like we can't be with dad you need to get us and they made it sound really dire and i took them at their word and Mm -hmm. i dropped what i was doing and got my children and so like he wouldn't pay me child support and things like that and he was trying to like not only do that he was trying to make me pay for a car that was ours, but I left it with him. It was his car. It was in his name, but like we both drove it when I was there. Like his car, his Mustang, he was trying to make me pay his lawyer fees. Like all this, you want me to pay your lawyer fees? Mm-hmm. When you make so, he, like I said, he was making money by then, like six figures a year. I'm making $11 an hour. You better get out my face, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because I was not on my feet yet at that time. And so I had to use my smarts. This little black girl went online and I fought him and his lawyers at every turn by going online and looking it up because I could not afford a lawyer. I had to use my brain and then I would just pay to file the form, which by the way, these lawyers, girl, they be charging so much. (laughs) It do not cost nearly 
what the f they charge you mm -hmm. to do these things the thousands and thousands like the forms to forms are free and filing them is usually only like a couple bucks yeah couple i did hundred. everything myself i didn't use an attorney it cost me 150 dollars to file see like yeah no all this they're not worth but it. yeah you needed them I did. And finally, when we finally got to mediation and then that wasn't going well, I decided to call him or I can't remember which one of us called, but we were like, Hey, let's try to come to a truce. It's been years, all the thing, you know, we're at the end, try to have a heart to heart moment. And he's like, what do you want? I'm like, I just really want medical. At the time I used to have a lot of health problems which I've since been healing. I, it's, I'm never, I'm always healthy now. But back then I really was like sickly all the time. And that was the main thing that mattered more than money is I wanted that TRICARE. It was a really good insurance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you'll get the TRICARE, da, da, da. And I wanted him to have a relationship with the children, especially my oldest, which wasn't biologically his, but mm -hmm. he raised. Remember I just said he met me when I was pregnant with him. Yeah. And so... I wanted that. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have a relationship. I'm gonna do all the things that that I will wait, we'll hold out. So in the military, there's this thing called the 202020 rule, you have to be married for 20 years, you have to be, um, he has to serve for 20 years. And then 20 of those years have to overlap. So his 20, we couldn't have got married at two at the end. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we're married for the next 20, it has to be 20 of those years overlap. So it's three twenties. And then you're entitled, if you hit that, you're entitled to military insurance for life. You know, I think some of his pension, I don't remember, but that was the main thing I had my eye on was like, oh, access. I wouldn't have lost my base access card. I don't even think it really looked at his pension to be honest, it was mostly like base things. Like I could still go on base and have the medical and be seen by base doctors, which is really what I wanted. And we were within months, like three months of 20 years. And I'm like, we just got to wait. Like if you can just agree to wait like three months and I'll sign these papers. You know, I had gotten them down to the way I would agree to the papers. I said, I can sign on this, you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He called me within a week of agreeing to wait like the three months. I talked to my lawyer and she said, that's illegal. It's called insurance fraud. And she's going to report me and we have to do this right now. You just have to sign lying. Cause I figured out he just wanted to turn around and get married. None of that was true. And so I signed the papers just shy of 20 years and lost all of my privileges and things that I really, really wanted. But what I did get is permanent part of his retirement. You know, I get a certain mm -hmm. percentage the rest of my life, especially if I don't marry. So I really ain't got to get married. <laughs> no. The rest of my life, I will get a large amount of his pension permanently, Yeah, you know? And so that was my only one thing, solace, but it was really betraying. And so I was holding on to a lot of those feelings because I felt betrayed all the way to the end, mm -hmm. you know? I remember like, you finding out life? that you were going to lose the medical. Like, I remember when that happened and it was really devastating and you signed a couple months early. I remember all of that. That's the only part of any of that that I was a part of at all is like the very, very end when you signed. And I do want to say, as I wrap up, one of the cracks in the marriage during all those years was like, 
the PTSD, not only did it form as that, but there was a time he would do some weird shit to me. Like he was low key. When I posted on Facebook, I was getting divorced. So many people came in my inbox. Like I knew it. It was not like, there's things I wasn't seeing and giving enough credit. You know what I mean? But he was low key, like emotionally abusive. And it's hard to give yourself credit for that because there's people that maybe if you do reach out about something that are like, girl, what are you complaining about? You know, you got a good life. He pay your bill. He's military. He's handsome. That there's people that would do me like that. You yeah. know, what? No, you need to be happy. Count your blessings. No one right? knows what you're living then, except you. No and that's one, frustrating bro, that people act like that. He pulled a gun on me at girl. one point. Just to, and that's what I'm saying. So there were things going on throughout the years. You know what I mean? He did it while I was sleeping and I didn't have courage to tell him I was terrified. I told him when we were divorcing and I was out of there that I know what he did, you know, uh, sleeping on the couch one night, I guess we had had an argument and I wake up in the middle of the night, like to roll over or something. And I can see him in the reflection of the TV, you know, how it just had, and I can see uh-huh. like his shadow in the reflection with a gun like this standing behind me. Allegedly, when I finally told him years later, he's like, oh, I was going to kill myself. Were you or were you going to do both? That's actually terrifying that you were asleep. Like, it's not like you guys were sitting there screaming at each other and he got so mad and grabbed it. Like, that's about to kill you. And I didn't. I acted asleep because I was terrifying. I was like, oh, my God, I'm just going to like, hopefully he doesn't do anything. I didn't. What do you do? (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm like. Okay, I'm going to just close my eyes and act like I didn't see that. And I never, like I said, I literally never mentioned it. I was terrified inside. And then you, you have know. to live with him. Like, how do you go to sleep after that? I, that's yep. terrifying. It makes me so sad that you stayed after, like, that's a point where you got to run. I think that's that a big thing of, like, too. wanting to talk about this because I think some people, that's kind of stuff happens and you stay and now it's like, no, dude, that happens. You leave that day. You never go back. Yeah. And, like people yes. are scared, but like hearing other experiences, I think is helpful. I actually, yeah. so I was meant talking about how I this week realized that I have abandonment issues. So immediately I went and grabbed that book you got me, Ghosted and Breadcrumbed, like the relationship yeah. thing. So I've been reading that this week. I've been on the chapter that's like, maybe it's you. So it lists like the different um, attachment types, the different issues people have in relationships, like that it could be me, right? So I'm reading through all of them and everyone, I'm like, this doesn't apply to me. This doesn't apply to me. This doesn't apply to me. Mm-hmm. And then I get to the one and it says, the woman who loves too much. And I was like, oh no, this is going to hit me. <laughs> so I, and it did. It was too much. But in it, it, ta- yeah. in it, it talked about um, emotional abuse. And it lists, like, these are some signs that you may be, even if there's a handful of these that they're doing, you're in an emotionally abusive relationship. And I read Mm. them, and it was literally every single one was things that he had done. And I don't think people realize that. I actually, I'll make a separate, I'll do, like, an Instagram post, and I'll post, like, a reel or a short on YouTube that I'll read off the things. But reading through that, I think people don't know that they're being abused and just because they're not physically harming you there's so much abuse that can happen and that's eye-opening so yeah i'll post that but that's people would even say that to me if i reached out to like peers and stuff girl it ain't like he's hitting you something's the worst (laughs) so i should just accept it (laughs) yeah 
girl, what you complaining? He, I'll fight he, them. <laughs> How dare they say that to you? <laughs> and so you repeat that to yourself. Like, I guess I'm wrong. Yeah. You know, maybe it's not the things. Maybe it is me or something, you know? Yeah. And so there was a lot of that going on. Weird things. I remember we went home on vacation to PA and he had locked me in a bathroom during that vacation. And my best friend at the time knew something was up because she knew how the marriage was and stuff. And when she didn't hear from me, because she kept calling me and he would answer my phone and be like, she's not available. Like weird status. You know how yeah. people do? If Jensen <laughs> like, started answering that? your phone instead of you, I would be like, I'm getting on a plane. I don't know what's happening. That is not normal. <laughs> what the heck? So she did. She got her husband after like so many hours of this and she demanded to see me and he let me out. She went over to the house where we were staying with her husband just in case because she didn't know. It was like, um, I need to see my friend right now. You're going to get her. <laughs> you know. So it's like little things like that that are like abusive, but he's not hitting you. Yeah. Right. So you, you think it's okay. Cause that's what people tell you. He's not hitting you. Yeah. You know, he's fine. Give him a chance. No, it's abusive and it's terrible and it should be addressed. Yeah. So tell me your story. Let's yeah. Okay. So I love that our stories are very, very different and yours is more like how a relationship starts good and like falls apart. And mine is like overlooking all the red flags. It's never good. So it's like very, it's two very different perspectives. Um, yeah. Don't judge me. <laughs> I don't know why I married this man, but I'm going to explain to you. Um, okay. So I, it's important that like, but he was my first real relationship. I didn't like mm -hmm. grow up dating. I was a manager at Wendy's when I was in high school. So I worked a ton and I didn't have time to date. I had one boyfriend when I was 15 for one month and he ended up being my best friend. And I was like in love with him all through high school up mm -hmm. until I met my ex-husband. So he was like the only, my best friend that I was in love with and never want to be back, which is the only mm -hmm. experience I've ever had. And that's why I still have those issues. But so with him, when me and Raymond started dating, we met because I, I was manager at Wendy's and his little sister worked for me and we were really mm -hmm. good friends so one Sunday, it was really slow, and she wanted to go home early, and so she had him come to get her, and when he got there, I didn't want her to leave just because I didn't want to be bored, and we were, like, sitting in the dining room just, like, playing games and stuff, so I was like, well, he can mm -hmm. stay, but, like, let's just hang out. You're not leaving. I wouldn't let her. So we all were talking, and then at the end, I, like, had told her that I thought he was cute, and so she told him, of mm -hmm. course, and then we started talking and dating and stuff, but... So he had just, actually, he was in the middle of a divorce when I mm -hmm. met him. And, mm -hmm. like, he went to sign the papers. I waited at his house while he went to do it. So he was right in the middle mm -hmm. of it. And mm -hmm. he was living with his parents. He had just moved there because he got divorced. And he did not want to live there. So after mm -hmm. one month, he moved in with me. And mm -hmm. since he lived with me so quickly, by, like, three months, I was ready to be done. Like, he annoyed me. There were so many little things. But I had never ended a relationship and I didn't know mm. how and he was already living with me. And so I mm. felt stuck like I never should have let it go past three months, but I yeah. didn't know how to get out of it. And so it just kept going. And wow. there was so many like 
he had a best friend who was a musician that he was like helping produce or whatever. And I would go to work and come home and he would have her at my house. Like just the two of them hanging out. And he would talk about how like they would cuddle and stuff, but it was normal because they were just friends. And he would like, there was one day that I was going, my mom surprised me and came to pick me up to take me to lunch. And he was at the apartment gym. And so I went and I, something, I don't know why I couldn't call him, but I had to run in. So I ran into the gym to tell him and he was just sitting there talking to this girl who was the apartment manager who actually, he grew up like his, he grew up with her and wanted her forever. And his ex-girlfriend like was hated her, like was so intimidated. So I had heard stories about her and I knew that she was someone I would never want around him. And he was just, he would go to the gym for like three hours a day. And then I go in to see him one time and he's just sitting there talking to this girl. And I literally, I just looked at him. I was like, I'm going to lunch with my mom. I turned around and left. Yeah. I didn't say anything. I was just so angry. And then yeah. there was, I'm just saying all of these little red flags, because if you're experiencing these little things, like these are the moments you leave. Like these are the moments you need to be strong. So it doesn't turn into what happened to me. Um, but there was another night we went to bed. Everything was completely normal. I worked at a bank and the next day I went to work and I pulled my bank account up on my computer. And when you work for the bank, you can see like more detailed, like the transactions and stuff. So like on my bank statement, it would show that he mm -hmm. went to the ATM. But when I looked for, at work, it showed what the ATM was. And I was like, what is this? Because there was an ATM fee the night before while we were asleep. And it said it was at trails. So I'm talking to my coworkers and I'm like, what the heck is this? And they're like, right. um, Trails is a strip club. Yeah. He took money out of the ATM at the strip club the night before wow. while he was sleeping next to me. Wow. Came home. I had no idea he left. He snuck out once wow. I fell asleep and went to the strip club. He told wow. me that his friend really needed the money and he went and got the ATM, like just used the ATM and gave it to him because the ATM is outside of the strip club. Now he knows. <laughs> and I was just like. He knows. I cannot believe like those are the types of things like stuff like that happened all the time. He would go out with his friends and they would have a girl there for him. And so mm -hmm. eventually I was like, I don't want you hanging out with your friends anymore. And I kept yeah. telling myself because he always told me that he cheated in relationships and Wait, stuff. Wait, you said they had a girl for him? Yeah. Like they would have like their girls and then there would be a girl for him. What? Yeah. But he no. never did. I don't even remember like, I, I think he just he would tell me about like there was a girl for him. I just didn't think anything of it. I literally Nikki, yeah. I just wanted to not lose him so bad because I didn't know how to handle that, that I just yeah. took it because he told me yeah. that he had always cheated on girls, but his wife, he never cheated mm -hmm. on her. And so mm -hmm. I thought he looks at marriage differently. By the time we get married, the trust mm -hmm. stuff won't be an issue anymore because we'll be married and he'll love me. Yeah. And so I yeah. just kept waiting. So we were together for three years, lived together the whole time. And then we had talked about getting married a little bit, but my mom like was asking us like why we were, it was like, we just need the money. We don't have money for a ring and stuff. So she had a mm -hmm. ring from my, her ex-husband. So my stepdad, but they had gotten divorced. And so she gave it to him. And then he proposed to me like a couple months later, we were in Vegas um, later in our, during our divorce or maybe part of our marriage, he would blame me and say, I never wanted to marry you. I was forced because your mom gave me a ring 
Like, so he blamed me for us getting married the whole time. When he proposed to me, we were in Vegas. We went to, so my dad's friend works for one of the magicians. Um, mute, I said mute. I was trying to mix musicians and magicians, magician. And we sat up in the sound pit. So we had the headphones on so we could hear everything that was going on out backstage and mm-hmm. then see them come out. It was really cool. But I got a really bad migraine. And we left mm-hmm. there at the end and we went to Hard Rock Cafe to eat. And I was just mm-hmm. like in so much pain. I was so grumpy. And this is the moment he chooses to propose to me. And we're sitting at Hard no. Rock. He starts talking no. to me, like telling me like the nice things, you know, like why we're together. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I start thinking he's going to ask me to get married in Vegas this weekend. And I am mm-hmm. not getting married here. So I didn't even enjoy anything that he was saying because my mind was panicking. How am I going to tell him I'm not getting married here? And then he, that's not mm. what he asked. He did just ask me to marry him. He didn't have the ring with him. It was in the hotel room. And it was just the lame. He didn't get down on one knee. It was like a conversation. And then we went back to the room and then he gave it to me. And it it was just horrible. I It sucks yeah. that I wish I would have dated more when I was younger so I could have recognized, like, this is when you leave. And it took yeah. me until being, I mean, last year I finally learned that. It took my mm. whole life. So, yeah. We get married. My wedding was beautiful. I'll put some pictures of my wedding dress. I think I only have the ones that have like the photographer's name across it because I don't know where the good copies are, but I'll at least post my dress because I looked beautiful. I want to um, see it. The wedding was pretty. It was in, I was a nanny and it was in their backyard and it was, it was really beautiful. But, and the honeymoon was really good. When I think about our entire relationship i can't think of very many good times like very many things that i was Mm -hmm. really happy my whole relationship was things like those examples that i just gave you of just Mm -hmm. constant frustration constantly not trusting him constantly just it was he never gave me gifts like ever the first um month Mm -hmm. that we were dating he got a sample set of perfumes it was november he gave it to me and then december christmas came around he was like well i just gave you those perfumes so that can be your christmas present they were little tiny samples like this big the tiny ones and he never gave me another gift again we were together for 13 years and i never got a gift wow so but for his birthday and stuff like i would get him like what do you say it was just that we didn't ever have money. His birthday was around tax season. So I got him like PlayStations mm. with Rock Band and all these things. Like I got him so much. But then my birthday would come mm. in September. It's right before Christmas. Like we didn't have any money. But he never did mm. anything that didn't cost anything either. He, I don't remember right. him ever planning anything for me. Like I planned right. the best thing we ever did. We went to Vegas and we took a helicopter ride and landed at the bottom of the Grand Canyon and had a picnic Ooh. and like a limo took Ooh. us to the helicopter. It was really nice. I planned all of that. I did everything, Aww. but he never did yeah. anything for me. And yeah. he, so he, we get married. The wedding was good. Our honeymoon, like is the one good memory I have. Like we were laughing, mm-hmm. we were having fun. But I really expected that being married, all of a sudden I was going to trust him and all of a sudden everything was going to be good. And that just wasn't reality. And I got pregnant one month after we got married. So Mm -hmm. I had our first baby 10 months later Mm -hmm. and it was really good. He was really, really good with our first, um, everything was great. We were happy to be parents. And then I had my second and she was harder. She cried. She didn't sleep through the night until she was 18 months. So I was oh. so sleep deprived. I didn't oh. work for the first 
four years, I think, after my first daughter was born, I stayed home with them. So financially, it was really mm-hmm. hard. He, We shared a car. So when he went to work, I stayed home all the time. I didn't leave my house ever. I didn't have mm-hmm. – we when I would go to girls' nights to see my friends, he always came with me because he mm-hmm. – I, like, felt bad that he didn't have his own friends to go with. And now looking back, like, if my friend always bought – brought her boyfriend to the girls lunches and stuff i would be so annoyed but yeah. it was just <laughs> i didn't recognize like how he really was like separating he never wanted to go see my family it took a long time for him to start spending time with my family he would cancel mm. super easily like i didn't realize how mm-hmm. far removed i was from everything and he was mm-hmm. all i had and then it started to be like He was yelling at me every single day, like all of the, Mm -hmm. he just treated me and like the things that he, the names he would call me, the way he would tell me I was so lazy. Our house was disgusting. It was such a mess, Mm -hmm. but like, it was Mm -hmm. like because of depression, but also he did not do anything. I I remember Mm -hmm. him cooking for us maybe twice and it was to make stuff from Venezuela that I didn't know how to make. And maybe he did more Mm -hmm. than that. That's all I remember is him cooking twice I don't remember he never Mm -hmm. cleaned he never did anything and so I got fed up and I stopped doing it and Mm -hmm. then it got to a point where like it was both of us were the problem and it it was just horrible my kids weren't living in good situations Mm -hmm. we ended up getting evicted not evicted so our apartments wouldn't renew our lease they would only do month Mm -hmm. to month because we Mm -hmm. had a lot of complaints and I was really confused about that and at this time I was the one that was going to work and he was staying home and mm-hmm. I went and talked to the office and they were like, there's always yelling. People are always calling, complaining about the mm-hmm. yelling. And um, he like kicked someone's bike. I remember him doing that. There was a bike in the middle of the walkway to our apartment and I was pregnant and I was holding something big and I almost tripped on it. So he kicked yeah. the bike out of the way and someone complained about oh, that. Okay. But the yelling thing at the time, we didn't really yell very much mm-hmm. at that point. And so when they said that, that a lot of people were complaining about that, I was like, we don't yell, which made me realize that while Mm -hmm. I'm at work all day, he's just screaming at my kids to the point that people are calling the office and complaining. So, and then as Addison got bigger, um, he just, she was harder and he was really mean. Mm -hmm. He would like take a belt and like snap it like this at her, tell her she was a bad kid. Like he was, it was very damaging, but he wasn't like that with our oldest Mm -hmm. so i it started getting to the point where i was thinking like i need to divorce him to get away for her like i need to get her away from him which now it's so strange because as they've grown up now he's very very close to addison and it's harder with Haley. so i think it's just Mm -hmm. like whichever child took more effort i don't know i don't know what the deal was but it was really bad Mm -hmm. it was really scary and Mm -hmm. then it got towards the and so it was always bad he was always he would use like Things in my all the trauma that I had told him, like from my childhood, things about my mom, things about like he would use against me, like you're turning out just like your mom, you're acting just like her, like and mm. things like anything that he knew would hurt me, he would say, yeah. and he, mm. it was just horrible the way he spoke to me, and so Mm-mm-mm. then I get to the point I'm work, I'm going to school at the University of Utah to be an audiologist, and <laughs> there's one day. That I'm in the kitchen and his phone's sitting on the counter unlocked. And he, I didn't know his password to his phone or anything. And it was unlocked. So I was like, I'm just going to look. So I went in the bathroom and locked the door. And I'm looking. And I see messages from this girl who I knew. It was someone that when we were engaged, um, she worked with him. 
she was at my baby shower with him like his mm. the work party through a baby shower for him and she was there mm. and they were talking about how like why would we kiss did it not lead to more and like the only time they kissed was i mean the only time they knew each other was when we were engaged so yeah. and they had kissed in an elevator i guess and <gasps> they were saying that Girl. um they should get me to invite her over for dinner and then while i'm making dinner they could go out on the balcony and fuck and they what? and i'll never know yeah Girl. and they were like making a joke they were like bringing me into it so like it's one thing to have these conversations but like to make it so that i'm stupid i like right. it was so heartbreaking right. and it was someone right. i knew so i went downstairs closed my door and i was like i want a divorce and he was like okay but why though like that's mm -hmm. literally his reaction like okay cool why wow like and and I told him, and of course, like he did get upset. He was saying like he hates that he changed his kid's life, and all of that sucks. And I went to because I still had to go to school, so I literally went to school, sat in the very back, and my tears were just like I wasn't actively like crying, but I couldn't get the tears to stop. They just kept rolling yeah. down my face, and yeah. I sat in my classes like that. I went home after I my mm. so I used to have a Fitbit, like it would save my heart rate. My resting heart rate mm -hmm. for the few days after that was 50. It was Ooh, so low. Like, it was – my heart was actually broken. Like, I actually saw a physical response to the pain that I was feeling. And wow. then – so I'm upstairs. I'm like, I want to go through all your messages. I want your password to your Facebook. And he's like, okay, because he's, like, giving me whatever I want, right? Mm -hmm. So he sends me the password, and I put in his email and password, and it doesn't work. And I'm like, maybe he – used his other email so i put in his other email and it does work it logs in but it doesn't log into his facebook account it logs into one that i had no idea about and it was a picture of him not even really him it was a fake picture and it was a different name and he was messaging girls and like the thirstiest you could ever see someone it was disgusting of just like oh my goodness. you're so hot like you know how we get messages from guys that are like one after another and we never respond he was doing that shit yeah he was there was some girls that he knew that he was talking to and in the messages he was sending pictures of himself he was like you look like a lot of fun mm. like mm. it was horrible it was horrible wow so then i'm even more upset obviously and i'm like i want to work it out i'm worried about my kids and he's just like I'm not going to stop talking to other girls. I'm not going to do anything until you change. You need to be cleaner. You need to be like all of these things that I have to change. He straight wow. up said, I will not stop doing this until you change. So what? I start putting in tons of effort. I'm trying so hard. So our anniversary comes. Our anniversary was a couple weeks after I saw all of this. Yeah. I got myself all dressed, like in a dress, wearing heels. I made us a steak dinner. I cleaned the entire house. Like I worked, I spent the entire day making it so that it would be perfect when he got home from work. This man yeah. went to his cousin's house after work instead of coming home. He didn't come home <gasps> until 930. Oh. Was he actually at his cousin's house? Probably not. That's where he told me that right. he was. But right. he didn't even come home. So like the steaks and stuff, they were just cold on the counter. Wow. I look so good. I have a picture. I'm going to put it up here. But there's a picture that I took of my legs. And I sent it to him because I was like trying to be flirty, right? It, yeah. And so I had like told him. So he knew that I had done something. He knew I was trying. So I, that picture, sometimes it comes up in my memories. And like that's the day. 
that's the one where mm. it was just like i'm mm. done and then he started like staying at his mom's he would like leave in the middle of the night and tell me that he was gonna hurt himself like it was so damaging the stuff that i was going through and then wow. it was still like this back and forth thing i thought we were gonna work it out and then i went to lunch with my mom one day and it happened to be so we got a letter from our landlord that we were going to be evicted evicted the day mm. before i went to lunch with my mom and it was oh. because we were behind on our rent we i couldn't pay it mm. and so and i was the one that handled all of the finances all of the stuff and i'm not good with money i wanted to like we wanted to go to dinner we wanted to go like we were always spending money we didn't have and so the bills didn't get paid and yeah. he blamed me for all mm. of it and i'm just like you always want to go do all these things i say yes i don't like you don't look at the he doesn't he didn't even look at the bank account he had no idea wow and so i was wow. just doing everything on my own and it just mm. got so frustrating and he just kept telling me like he always used it against me that i got to stay home for four years and like but he would anytime he didn't have to work he wouldn't have a job like as soon right. as so we were struggling financially so i was finally like i have to go back to work so i get a job immediately he leaves his stays home mm. for a long time then he gets a job and then we moved in with my parents so then we didn't have to have money and he stops going to work and mm. it's just like it was so frustrating so finally because when that was happening we were getting evicted he blamed me completely he was like i made so much money now you're the one that's supposed to be making money like and i was working at this time he wasn't working our kids were still oh, in daycare goodness. because wow. we had this state assistance yeah so mm. i was paying the difference he, I, he still didn't clean the house. He like, he, mm. to this day when we fight, he'll tell me like, I have pictures of how gross that house looked when we moved out. Sir, I was working when we moved out. Our kids were in daycare and that's how the house looked. So whose fault is that? Like, yes, it was that tell messy it. the whole time, but those pictures are you, babe. Like, tell it. and I haven't ever said to him. I don't even argue f with him anymore, but it's just like, so I finally pulled out, I got, every single w-2 all of our taxes for every year we were together and i calculated how much each of mm -hmm. us made each year and even mm -hmm. with me staying home for four years we made the same amount in the time that we were together wow so all wow. of that time that he is just like fighting with me about this it's and blaming fault. me yeah. we made the same amount stop using this against me like mm -hmm. it was horrible mm -hmm. so i go to lunch with my mom i had just gotten the eviction notice i didn't tell her and she told mm -hmm. me if you want to come and stay with us you and the girls are welcome raymond is not welcome and mm -hmm. she didn't even know that any of this was happening like i i told her that i saw him talking to girls that was all i said and yeah. it was at the point where she didn't tell me while we were married but she ended up telling me later he would go to my mom's house and mm -hmm. talk crap about me like everyone tells me that i should leave her she's not good enough for me like i could get so much better and then he would like be stay there trying wow. to hang out and my mom would be like raymond you need to go home and be with your wife and kids she's gonna get mad at me that you're still here and wow. so like my mom and my stepdad hate him like they hate mm. him and mm. with they have right to and so I think that that's why my mom had seen how he was talking about me and stuff. And I think that's why she said that to me and maybe to save money and stuff. So yeah. I, so I took her up on it because I had just got the eviction thing. So it's, it's like the three days to vacate. And you know, that's not like really three days. That's when they go to court and stuff. But we decided, we told yeah. the landlord that we would just leave. We didn't have to move yeah. everything out. We didn't have to clean up. He was like, if you'll just leave because it saves them court fees and stuff. So yeah. literally that day, 
I moved in with my mom. So I mm-hmm. took um, our beds, our clothes, some pictures, and that's it. I left with mm-hmm. nothing. I had nothing to my name. I had no money. I didn't have anything. And wow, he left everything too. So like that house was full. The landlord just sold everything, got rid of everything because we had to be out by the end of the weekend. And so I moved in with my mom. I still mm-hmm. thought like, okay, now we're going to live in separate places. We'll work it out. Like I still didn't think it was over. And then a couple months later, yeah, he had a girlfriend. He was moving in with her. And he told me that they were acting like they were just friends around my kids. But um, mm-hmm. the truth was that they were not. My kids knew that they were together. But he told my kids not to tell me because it would hurt me. And so for six months, he had my kids lie to me and say that she was his friend. Mm, mm, mm. And they knew. I remember that. Uh, I've never been so mad. I've never been so mad. So it was just like, it was a nightmare. We were going through our divorce. I did all the paperwork ourselves. We have to, you have to do like a parenting class when you go through a divorce. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it it asked you like 500,000 times, are you sure you want to get divorced? Like, I was so irritated. Mm -hmm. So he had to take that. When I get frustrated, I get, look, I get like all red. This always happens to me. Mm. Like, so talking about this, like, this is the reaction I have talking about him. Like, it really was horrible. And so the stupid class we have to take, I couldn't get him just to take the class. So I did it for him. So I went through and did it Mm. twice just so he could get the stupid certificate and we could get divorced. Wow. I paid for filing and everything. We get to... So we were going to go to a notary to just have them sign Mm -hmm. it. So we meet downtown at Wells Fargo and he brought his girlfriend to sign the papers. And he was like, it's really hot outside. Do you care if she comes in with us while we do this? And I was like, yes, I care. Why is she even here? Like I was so upset. And so we get this huge fight. He's like, fine, then I'm leaving. He leaves. So he's not signing the papers. We're standing mm-hmm. downtown in front of, like, there's hundreds of people around, right? He's screaming at me. You're such a bitch. You can't do this anymore. You don't have the right, like, just screaming at me. And I, this was my lunch mm-hmm. break at work. So I get back to work mm-hmm. and I'm just sobbing. And then uh, because we didn't sign that day, I had to just send him the papers to actually, like, go mm-hmm. in and get notarized himself, which gave him the opportunity mm-hmm. to read through them because he was mm-hmm. going to just sign them. So after mm-hmm. reading through them, he saw that I put that I would have full custody and the child support, what it was. So yeah. he freaked out. But to ha- not have full custody, you have to have your kids like, um, I can't remember, 150 days a year, I think is what it is. Something like that. And he was taking mm-hmm. them on the weekends. He lived in Ogden. I'm like, yeah. you don't have your kids enough to have full custody. He's like, well, make it so, so I do. He's like, I'm like, you're going to, the only way is if you... Have them on every holiday break. You take them for the summer. You take them every weekend. And that's why now it's set up that I only have the first weekend of the month because we're trying to give him more days. Never once has right. he taken them for the summer. Never once. I mean, he has taken them for some breaks, but he he doesn't have them enough for full custody, but he's still, that's what he has. Because I just gave him everything he wanted. Right. I just wanted it to be done. So the child yeah. support, he didn't have a job when we were getting divorced. And so when you don't have a job, instead of it just automatically calculating, it says, what are they capable of making? So I put that he was capable of making $15 an hour, which I feel like he could have made more, but I was trying to be reasonable. This was in 2017. Right. 
So I made way more mm-hmm. than that. I'm like, it's not that hard to make more. So he right. saw that, saw the amount of child support, freaked out. And so I was like, fine, I'll make it. So it's $12 an hour. So I changed it to $12. Mm-hmm. He sees the amount of child support, freaks out again. So the only way he would sign those papers is if I put that he was capable of making $7.25 an hour. I had to put minimum wage. <laughs> so his child support still to this day wow. is based off of him making $7.25 an hour. Wow. So I just did it. But the day that we talked about that, the day that I agreed to make it $7.25 an hour, I was at work. I was in the, you know, the room we went in where we had meetings. Mm-hmm. I was in that room on the phone so no one could hear me. But I walked out and I threw my phone across the thing. Like, have you ever seen me act that way? Like to where I would throw something? Like never. Especially at work. I don't I don't remember if anyone saw me. They must have been somewhere, but I threw my phone. It didn't break, luckily, but I it was the absolute most angry yeah, I've ever I didn't ever even been. see that. Yeah. I don't remember you throwing your phone. Yeah. I remember all this happening, but not the phone incident. I was yeah. I probably didn't tell anyone because I don't think anyone saw me. And that's embarrassing mm-hmm. that I threw my phone at work. But yeah. I was just it was the most horrible thing. But I remember the day that my divorce I found out was finalized, you found out the same day. We found both found out that we were divorced the same day, which is so freaking <laughs> cool because our timelines <laughs> of when this happened is so off because yours took so long. So different. Like, yeah. Yeah. So then we went up to Park City to celebrate that we were divorced. We had the best night, the best drinks. Do you remember? I still think about that drink that he made for me. And it was the best thing ever. We're driving home. Like, we had such a great time. It was the happiest, like, dancing around the office that it was finally over. But, mm-hmm. I mean, all of that, like, if I look back at everything I went through, like, I should, I wanted to be done with that at three months in. And it took me 13 years to get out. Wow. Wow. There's not very much that good. Yeah. That and he something. thinks the same thing. Like, if he talked about me, he would have horrible things to say about me, too. I wasn't a good person when we were married at all. But look what right. I was married to. Right. Like, I, it exactly. really, it changed my perception of life. I think back of, like, things I did, how I behaved and stuff. And I'm like, man, that was just not okay. So I'm disappointed in myself as mm-hmm. much as I'm disappointed in him. But us getting divorced was the best thing we ever did. He got married mm-hmm. to the girl that he moved in with right after I think that was the most frustrating thing for me was how he handled that because he had my kids meet his girlfriend before we sat down with my kids and told them we were getting divorced. My daughter just thought that he was staying with his mom. And then all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. and like the way that she Mm -hmm. found out that we were getting divorced, she was at his mom's house and he was yelling at me on the phone. And he said, you're not my wife anymore, like screamed it at me. And that's how my daughter found Mm -hmm. out. And she just went wow. in the back. Like, still to this day, she has therapy for that. And whenever she changes wow. therapist, she'll be, that's the first thing that she talks about. That's the most traumatizing thing of her life. She brings it up often. That that's how yeah. she found out. She feels like she had a horrible childhood because of that one sentence. Which is really sad. Wow. So, it that was very frustrating. So, we never even, like, since they already knew because of all that, we never sat down with our kids and talked about what this was going to look like going forward. Like, we never did that. I talked to them by myself, yeah. which is really devastating as yeah. a parent to not have handled that correctly. But I yeah. just, I had too much hope that it was going to work out. And I still even, yeah. I didn't have the strength. Even after all that, I didn't have the strength. And he did mm-hmm. it for me. Thank goodness. Because 
yes. it was horrible oh my I gosh that's right at the end there was this night i cannot believe this happened um so you know the for pure romance they have that bosom buddy stuff that you put on to yeah. like make them hard but it's also really good li- yeah. like lip balm so i kept it mm-hmm. in my purse and i used it at work like his lip balm and yeah. one day he saw it in my purse i was asleep downstairs mm-hmm. it was like two in the morning he comes down turns on the light throws the lips stuff at me and he's like just screaming why would you need that when you're at work like going off then he sees in wow. my phone i had someone saved as mlp and you know who mlp is right yeah he thought i was cheating with mlp who was a girl that we worked with he called her at two o'clock in the morning oh my goodness he was ready to scream at her and her phone i guess like if it doesn't ring on hers it would roll over to her husband's so he he, her husband woke up and saw it and was like why is this this person calling at two in the morning and they just didn't answer they ignored it and the next day at work she was like what was that about my husband was freaking out at me and calling right. to find out who I was cheating with. Like, right? It was like, so ridiculous. But wow! Yeah, that and was so that embarrassing. Me and him. Yeah. Remember when we were at that Christmas party. Yeah. You should tell your side. Tell that. your side, and then I'll tell him what he told me. So we were at a Christmas party together. This is before we were super tight the way we are, but we were mm-hmm. friends enough and like building that relationship. And it was a work Christmas party and everything. And she brought her husband and we were sitting, I don't know if it was towards the end or when this was in the party, but he's like, look at my new iPhone <laughs> and like going off. Cause he had the latest iPhone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh. And so he's like, let me show you how it takes pictures. Like it's so HD and th- 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 let me show you. Let me, yeah, stand right there. So he's like doing like that and then like, oh yeah, look, look how it's so clear and great. Best camera you need to get this new iPhone. Like talking to me all like that about his phone. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. Like yeah. trying to make small talk with my friend's husband, you know, like, yeah, you hype for the phone? Tell me, oh yeah, <laughs> sharp pictures. That, that is HD, right? Like going yeah. along with it. We just said I talk to people all the time, stranger, yeah. whoever. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, going along with it. It's not uncommon for people to pull out their phone. Again, I just said this is stranger. So it was not. Yeah, it you know, wasn't I didn't weird think at all. Anything by it. it was weird. He was you know what I mean? Phone. Yeah. So yeah. For, for me, we're fighting. Like this was when we had that Christmas party, we were in the middle of separating and getting divorced and stuff. And so we're fighting one day and he's like, and I'm talking about like that I'm going to spend my time with my friends and like stuff like that. And he was like, you think they're your friends. Maybe you should ask your friend to or I think he told me to look through his phone. He was like, maybe you should look through my phone and see how your friends really act. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he shows me that there's pictures of her on the phone. He's like, yeah, she just picked it up, started taking pictures of herself because she wanted me to have some of her. And I was like, okay. So I go to work the next day. And it was like, I was really upset because I was like, why would she do that? Like it was, but I knew how he was. And yeah. so I finally, I was like, I don't want to cause a fight because also you, if you would get like triggered and like, yell, I didn't want to fight with you. And I was scared. Yeah. But I was like, I just need to say something because I need to believe in my friend. So I was like, so Mm -hmm. he told me this happened. And then you told me what actually happened. And I was just like, my whole marriage to teach us everything like that. Like, was everything just made up like to make me get in trouble and have a reason to be yelled at and have these fights? Like, it was really messed with my mind. 
That was like the last, yeah. and that was the very last time I ever hung out with him that we ever I saw him was that night, and it was just horrible. It was horrible. Co-parenting with him has been horrible, which we'll talk about in the parenting episodes. But it just, I hate that. It's really frustrating to me that I chose him to be my kids' parents or my his yeah. their dad. So when my daughter is struggling with their relationship and having a really hard time, it's very difficult for me because I should have left so many times there were so many red flags there was nothing good it was just Mm -hmm. horrible and now i have it so that my daughter has a dad that she deserves better and it's really devastating Mm -hmm. i can feel you on that because when i left my ex the relationship with the kids directly took a hit like i said at one point because i left them in his care they told me to come get him a boy with his dad, you know, something's up. Any boy would love to be with his dad. And I remember my oldest son even saying at one point, like, I was really looking forward to it when you first left. So I'm like, this is finally my time to get my dad time. Some one-on-one heartbreaking, right? Out of all these years in military and moms, he's like, this is going to be good. Because remember, they also didn't know I wasn't coming back. So they're thinking a couple months. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to finally have like, all this time man you know do all the things and it was not literally now we weren't divorced or nothing right so it was just like i'm leaving let's separate not even legal within like a few weeks of me just leaving he was dating another woman and bringing her home around my kids and so it's like okay similar things there's similarities that i see between him and your ex like that and it's just like you're doing the most and the damage that it has on the kids. That's what always pisses me off to this day. And that's what I had to forgive in that letter is I realized like, it's not him. I could care less. Right. But if I get to talking about him, I feel better now that I've done the release. But like before I couldn't even really hardly talk about him because then we're going to talk about his relationship with my kids and it's not good. It's still struggling to this day. We raised four kids together. Mm-hmm. two we adopted you know one was his by blood and one obviously I was pregnant with another man and so out of those four kids the only one he has a relationship with is the one that we share that he helped to create but yet you legally adopted he legally adopted my oldest son mm-hmm. you've literally known him since I was pregnant you're all he knows you're all yeah. he, he knew him before he had a relationship with his biological before he didn't meet his biological to way in his adults, like after the divorce. Mm-hmm. So you're literally all he knows. And that's what's taken a hit when I leave and throughout the divorce and ever since is like suddenly there's no relationship. The You know, he doesn't exist. Our daughter doesn't exist. Right. Like, OK, what are you doing here? Only one of these kids matter. Yeah. And even that was fractured. He had a hard time because my, and what I decided to do was never bad talk him around my kids. That's one thing I said, you know, the bones I got to pick with him is one thing. I don't want to overcast how they feel they deserve to form their own relationship and opinions and all the things. So when their relationship started to fracture his own blood, obviously like it was him. And that was really sad and really upsetting for me inside, you know, as I'm like, you're screwing this all up. Mm -hmm. He used to look up to you so much and idolize you. So to see this 
fractured apart the way that he doesn't even hardly talk to you he sees you calling ignore yeah you know that says a lot it's devastating you know there's a lot i think like we'll have to when we talk about parenting we'll have to talk about the aspect of like not only being a single parent but co-parenting with someone else like we'll get into that deep because i think we both have like a lot of stories that i think someone who's considering divorce or going through divorce and trying to become a single mom i think like both this aspect of like this is what led to us leaving this is when it's worth leaving um and then like what it's like to be a single parent and all of those stories i can't believe how red i am that's crazy i still i can't wait until the day that i my kids are 18 because then it's not so stressful. I don't think it'll have such a reaction for me because then if yeah. my daughter chooses not to have a relationship with him, that's her decision and she's old enough. And like at this stage, I still have to force her to go to his house every weekend. So I hope it'll yeah. calm down. But yeah, we'll talk about the parenting and stuff. But going back to like, if you are scared to leave or something, it really, it depends. Like neither of us, I mean, I don't, you were never hit, right? Neither mm-hmm. of us were abused that physically that way Mm -mm, but mentally what we went through like you can see i've been divorced for seven years and i still have this kind of reaction of like my body is physically reacting like what i lived through was not normal so Mm -hmm. i think that if you're in like a normal happy relationship and it's just like not as good as it used to be like those are things where you have to learn to fight through and make it work and as long as you're with someone who's willing to put in work and who is willing to grow with you and that's what i told my friend because she was like i feel like we need therapy but he's not willing to go to therapy and i'm like well that's kind of like he needs to be willing to put in the effort too like there has to be something there like you've got to do everything you can so you don't regret it because it is a big decision but we me and him did go to couples therapy before we got divorced. And literally the couples therapist like asked me what I love about him. I said a couple things. And then he asked Raymond what he loves about me. He literally just sat there and stared. He was like, nothing. I have nothing good to say about her. And that's when the therapist was like, what? okay, well, maybe take that away. Like, think about it. And we left and we never went back to the therapist because it was like, what's the point? Like, if you can't even say something, like, we're done. It was... Right. It was very painful. And he told me, I'm very messed up. Yeah, like, the abandonment thing, I think a lot of it is from when we were married, and he would always tell me, like, I'm the best you could ever get. No one's ever going to love you. Look at how you are. No one could ever put up with you like I do. Like, I mean, it was constant. He said that to me all the time. So even though I don't believe that about myself, I think somewhere inside of me, that's why like when someone's a little bit distant, like I won't wait for them to text me. I'll text first because if I don't text first, maybe they never will. Maybe I'll never talk to them again. Mm-hmm. And that makes me too sad. And I like hold on mm-hmm. so deeply to people because I'm like, if they leave, is no one else going to love me? Like I finally found someone who can put up with me and it's really, really hard. It makes me like- yeah very emotional because I still live with that. If someone's saying that to you every day for so long and not believing there's anything good about you, like if he can't think of one thing to say that he likes about me, imagine what it was like living with him, living with someone who genuinely hates you for years. It was really, really damaging. Wow. Yeah. Imagine how you physically felt if you're getting this reaction, just thinking about it. Imagine being in it. 
and how yeah. your body felt right at that time and how hard that was to overcome. And I was there towards the end. I enjoyed hearing about the front part because I haven't really heard that in full detail. Um, but I was there and I remember just thinking what a piece of trash, like the way it makes sense. But to anyone listening, like she's not exaggerating. She's not embellishing like the way that he would talk to her. And this is only what I got to experience, you know, this isn't, and I never got to hear it when I say experience, I don't mean firsthand, Mm -hmm. you know, but I was there that same day or right after that moment or Or you would see text messages like, yeah. Yeah. But like, he just was so much trash to me. And the more I learned about the marriage, like, he did nothing but gaslight you. It makes sense that this is still a thing. You spent 13 years with someone that gaslighted you into believing things that were not true, whether it was because everything's falling apart and he's like, that's your fault, or whether it's you're not going to get anybody that loves you like me, whatever it was, there was some form of him gaslighting you and constantly feeding you these lies to where you started to question it yourself, yeah. you know, and what do I believe? Is that true? will nobody love me, you know, and things like that. And so that's deep. I was listening. That reminds me of Gypsy Rose, you know, Gypsy Rose. Yeah. I was listening to her interview and her mom told her something like that. And so that really was deep for me to sit and hear her because she said what you just said. She said, I still, and she's like 32 now and she is married. And, but she's like, I still, you know, there's something in the back of my mind and she was kind of saying it too, like up until the wedding, like she doesn't know if she believes it. There's mm-hmm. something in her head from her mom doing that. And her mom did a whole like spell against her. She said, she's like, yeah. she went and got a cow tongue and put some blood in it and said, you will never have love like that. It seeps into your it psyche does. somewhere. It's you know very... what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To so be as sense, moved on as I am and like so healed and so, but I mm-hmm. still in my relationships, like the abandonment thing I just came, it's because I was having that like, oh my gosh, what if they leave me? Like that feeling of like, and I'm not even in a relationship. It's just people that I talk to. Like it, it really is something that I can't, I haven't healed and I have to learn yeah. how to believe in that and to trust and like, the yes. one of the most actually yeah. damaging things that he said to me, like it was, I was mind blown. So I, like I said before, I thought that in his marriage, he never cheated. So he looked at marriage differently. And I found out at the end that he actually did cheat on her. He went, he left her and went and stayed with his um, ex-girlfriend for a month and never told her. And <sighs> then went wow. back and, it was, and then when we were fighting in the very end, I was like, I told him that. I was like, I really believed that you looked at marriage differently. He's like, what are you talking about? You were a mistress. And that's because what? I was with him when he was in the middle of his divorce, but he was already separated, but he called me right. a freaking mistress. And wow. he was like, I don't know why you would think I would look at marriage differently. You were my mistress. And I was just like, "Wow, how dare you? Like. I would never do that. I would never be with a married man. And to make me like, I was the example that I should have known that he was going to cheat on me forever. Like, I don't know of him ever cheating. But after that, like he kissed someone while he was married, like, or while he was engaged to me, like engaged. That's when you're supposed to be happy. Of course, 
right he cheated on me i know he did even though i don't know yeah. but i it's so you know your heart yeah it it's just devastating and i remember like this is the most petty thing i think of my life but how happy it made me so nikki knows my ex-husband's wife they taught zumba in the same places so he she knows her and you went to a class one day she was like <laughs> subbing she was subbing at the class the dance class we always talk about that we love going to and everyone hated her and they she got tons of complaints and brooke went and to teach the next week and she, and she was like i just want to apologize for last week i know that it wasn't what it was supposed to be like and so she never went back and subbed but i like that was like my petty self i'm not a very petty person but that's the one thing it gives me joy i'm like good i yeah. want to feel crappy i want like the people who are actually teaching it and have this great energy those are my friends those are the people that i surround yes. myself with but your energy was so yes. bad that they couldn't even handle you being the teacher like that brought me so much happiness, which is sad because I try not to do that. But that's the one petty I allow myself to just feel and be like, good. It's, it made me it's happy. Hard. I felt it with you and still yeah. do. I was happy to tell you about it and report back. Like, she sucked. She's not a good human being. Yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of bones to pick with her, too, and how, like, her role in the whole thing. And so, no, you don't deserve to, like, have this amazing class. Yeah. Your bad energy is showing, girl. Everybody don't like it. And yep. they don't like you. <laughs> yeah. And it's sad because I actually really liked her. A few years ago, I texted them and I was like, I just want to say how grateful I am for her. Because at least it's someone that my kids can, like, they like her. They enjoy being around her. Like, there's some things. When we talk about the parenting thing, I'll talk about the hard things. But I was grateful. But then there's been some things where I'm just like as a woman how dare you like about my kids not even me but that part. we'll talk about that but yeah that it's, part. i also yeah. feel bad for her i like now in their relationship they share a phone they share a car mm -hmm. they have like no separation from each other her he refuses to spend one-on-one -on -one time with my kids because he has to be with her like it's very strange. They have to have the same job because if they can't work together, yes. they'll quit. Like they the are the Facebook. most codependent. Yeah. Same Facebook. They don't have an individuality. When we would talk, it was, it, it was always we like, we'll be there. We'll be like, anytime we're on the call, she's on speakerphone. Like it's very, it's very strange. And it makes me feel a lot of pressure that to have a healthy relationship. Cause this is the only relationship my kids are being taught and it's very unhealthy. Right very unhealthy yes. so i know that they're still yeah. he's still toxic he's not growing i'm happy mm -hmm. like that would be mm -hmm. me that would be me if i was yeah. still there and instead i'm yes. super happy struggling to trust other men but i'll get there <laughs> you will you know you're in a different place and you get to create this beautiful woman that does all these amazing things where if you were in that you would not be able to create her you'd be surrounded by poison yeah you know you're sleeping with the enemy there's a song i used to listen to as well during that divorce time it's like i'm having nightmares from sleeping with the enemy i'm like oh shit like talking about her man you know i'm sleeping with the enemy here <laughs> this is not the relationship it's giving me nightmares and i'm still in it <laughs> yeah 
the song that got me through my divorce was 25 to life by eminem do you know that song no. we're gonna have like a whole playlist for this episode yeah i'll send you the songs i told we you are. Again, so you can listen to i'll put we're them on here too job. but yeah yeah so that song if you go on when you listen to that you're gonna die you're gonna be like this is exactly it was my like anger my like rage like i would scream it it made me feel so much better 25 to life if you're going through a divorce it's a great song so <laughs> anyway yeah Love do you have it. anything this else to add Oh no! The name of that song was "Energy" by Carrie Hilson. So if okay. you put that somewhere, yeah, and you got to look at the lyrics, you'll see what I meant. But yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm sleeping with the enemy. It's time to change up camp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, I'm proud of us. Like, it, when you talk about all that you went through then, and like seeing where we've come and how far, like how amazing it is for you to have such a good relationship. I love him so much for you. And I know that I will get there. I've at least experienced things that make me know, like, I know what it's like to be really loved the way I deserve. And I know yes. that I'll find that. And yes. it makes me have a lot of yes. hope. So, yeah, good. I definitely know you will. Just the fact that you're even starting to experience it, you're attracting it into your life and you're yeah. defining right and creating those energies of what you do want how do i deserve to be treated as a wonderful woman that i am right what should someone be bringing into this relationship i think sometimes like the unhealthy view that people have when a woman's like i want a man with things you don't necessarily mean things like physical or maybe you do but the point is the energy yes if you're a woman that's got like all the things you're the bomb you know, you want someone to match that energy, not someone that's going to detract. And that's what we're saying. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, I'm a gold digger. I'm only looking at what this man can offer me or, you know, type of thing. But if our energies, and that's what's the greatest, the number one greatest thing about my current relationship is our energies are aligned. I was listening to that last Melanie workshop and doing the jars and some of the women were like, oh my man doesn't support that he thinks it's dumb what do i do i saw you that know, and she had to advise them on that and i'm thinking in my head like get out yeah <laughs> that's a red flag you run you're not lying <laughs> yep i know it's that's a really big thing and that's the biggest Ooh. thing with the last guy that i dated um we were talking and he we were having a conversation about how much money we make and mm-hmm. I told him and like, he was just like, Oh my gosh. Like when I told him that it was like, he's like, you really don't need anyone. And I'm like, no, I don't. Mm -hmm. And in his past relationships, he's always had to give everything. And so he's felt used a lot. And so for him having someone Mm -hmm. who doesn't need anything, I think that's a little bit scary for him too, because like, how can I provide, how can I show up when she doesn't need me? And I told him, yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't need anyone, but I need to feel mm-hmm. loved. I need to feel supported. Yeah. I need to feel yeah. cared for. I need to feel led. Yeah. I need like all of the things that like a masculine man with good energy would do. Like yeah. I, yeah. like he does little tiny things. Like we were going to go somewhere and I was going to be late because I had to do something. I was getting my tires changed and he was and. I talked to one person who were meeting there and they're like, yeah, just meet us late. It was somewhere that's like very busy and the parking is a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want, I hate doing that. I hate driving. And he Mm -hmm. was like, absolutely not. You're not 
driving and that I'm going to wait. And he like made sure to wait and take, like, it's like feeling taken care of. And then like, we're in the situation Mm -hmm. where we were with the people that anytime there's like any drama, I'm the one that has to take care of everything. And he's like, no, you're not taking care of this. Go home. Enjoy your night. You've had a great night. And he just took care of it. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't have to be the strong one for everyone anymore because someone's doing it for me. Like those little things that like that's why I get just so like I have so much hope because I'm like that feeling is what I need I don't that's what makes me not want to be single because otherwise I'm like why have a man in my life all they're gonna do is cause me drama cause me stress and I'm so happy Mm -hmm. like why would I even put myself through that but that's why he showed me why because I can experience someone taking care of me not financially but in a way that makes me feel led and cared about and I've yeah. never experienced that. So it, that's like yeah. magic to me. In a way that allows you to be in your feminine energy. I think as single moms, especially where we had to kick in full yeah. time post-divorce, that really gave us a hard masculine. And then also I think being in those bad relationships gave us more masculine energy too, where it's just like, we got to do, yes. can't trust nobody if it's going to get done you know, is the kind of energy because you're placed in that, it seems by life, right? In the situations. And so now that you've got to experience, cause that's all I wanted somebody, I could be soft. I was super yes. hard, but I thought I had to be like that. And most of the men I were attracting, I did have to be like that. Yep. You know, it was like raising some of the men I dated was like raising another kid. We'll talk about that more mm-hmm. on the dating episode, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it allows you to be in that feminine. And I get that. Mm-hmm. It's the feminine energy. That's exactly. I just realized that like maybe a week ago, it's the feminine energy because mm-hmm. in the last guy, like a situation ship for five years, I knew he didn't care about me. If I didn't text him first all the time, then mm-hmm. I wouldn't talk to him because he mm-hmm. wasn't in a place to want a relationship. So I put in all mm-hmm. the effort. I got him all the gifts. I did everything. So I've never Mm -hmm. been feminine. So I have to teach and I'm still doing that now. Like when I will talk to people, Mm -hmm. when I like when I am talking to guys, I will always be the one to reach out. I'm always the one doing like and I need to like step back and allow them to come to me like when they're ready and when they feel like it's right. But I don't know how because and that's what made me realize I have abandonment issues. Because I'm having mm-hmm. so much anxiety around it. I'm like, oh my gosh, am I going to hear from yeah. him? Oh my gosh, what if he's dating someone? Like, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I just get really in my head. And that's because of all of this. And the feminine energy thing is new for me, but it feels really good. Mm-hmm. Yes. You deserve it. I deserve it. And we're in the yes. process of attracting and creating it. All the things. Well, we've been going at it for a minute today. I know. Okay, so I think that that's everything. So thank you guys so much for joining us. I hope that this helped you. If you have questions, if you're in a relationship that you're scared to get out of, if you're wondering if you should stay or go, if you're having, if you're recently single and wondering how to like get through that point of being a newly single mom or even just single, if you have any questions, if you want help, like reach out to us. We would love to help you and talk about what we've been through and how we got, got through it and navigated it. Cause it is a very hard thing. Yeah. So yes. we're so grateful that you guys watched it to hear and we're excited to see you next week. We'll post again on Tuesdays at one East or no one mountain standard time. And mm-hmm. yeah. Thank you for listening. We do have regular listeners. Shout out to my regulars. 
I appreciate y'all holding it down, being our OG crew. You're amazing. Yeah. Thank you all so much. We love you. Goodbye. Bye.